Hi, this is Dr. Tony Cooper, and this is Life Without Baggage, Insights into Personal Wholeness for Spirit, Soul, and Body. I'm a psychologist in private practice. I treat adults. However, this is not a substitute for medication or counseling. If you're having thoughts of harming yourself or another person, or if this material triggers you, please contact your doctor or a mental health specialist to help you with your concerns. I'm continuing the series on looking at the names of God and ways that God meets us at our point of need. So there are many places in scripture where Jesus is referred to as the Word of God. So today we're going to look at some things I've been studying that looks at the significance of Jesus and the Word of God. So if we start in the Gospel of John, I'm going to be reading from the Amplified. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word. Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God Himself. He was present originally with God. All things were made and came into existence through Him, and without Him was not even one thing made that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. So we see that Jesus is referred to as the Word, that He existed before His birth in Bethlehem, that He's always been that he's part of the Trinity, and that he was involved in creation. And then in verse 14, it says, And the word Christ became flesh, human, incarnate, and tabernacled, fixed his tent of flesh, lived a while among us, and we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty, such glory as an only begotten son receives from his father, full of grace, favor, loving kindness and truth. So again, John points out to us that Jesus came in a human form. He had an assignment in order to die for our sins, restore us to the Father, but he has existed from the beginning. And then in the epistle of John, which is 1 John, we see some similar concepts. So I'm reading in the Amplified again from 1 John chapter 1. We are writing about the word of life in him who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard, whom we have seen with our own eyes, whom we have gazed upon for ourselves and have touched with our own hands. And the life, an aspect of his being was revealed, made manifest, demonstrated, and we saw as eyewitnesses and are testifying to and declare to you the life, the eternal life in him who already existed with the Father and who actually was made visible was revealed to us, his followers. And then in verse five, again, similar. And this is the message, the message of promise, which we have heard from him and are now reporting to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. No, not in any way. So we see Jesus as presented as the word of God, that he existed from the beginning, that he has always been, but he took human form to live among us. And you've heard me talk about how Jesus came. He died for our sins to reconcile us, to make the way open to us, to have a relationship with God. And then one more place I want to read, Ephesians 4.21. Truth is in Jesus, embodied and personified in him. So what can the word of God do for us? 
what is the significance of the Word of God. So sometimes the Word of God means the person of Jesus, and sometimes the Word of God means the written Word of God. So there's an inner connection here. Let me read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. For who has known or understood the mind, the counsels, and purposes of the Lord, so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge. But we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. So we see that we learn how to think, that we have access to the thoughts of God. Psalm 40 verse 7 is another verse that explains that the Word of God expresses and helps us get to know how God thinks and who Jesus is. In Psalm 40 verse 7 it says, Then said I, Behold I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, yes, your law is within my heart. So Jesus is the Word of God, and reading the Word of God, getting the Word of God into our hearts and minds, allows us to get to know Jesus and also to understand the thoughts of God. Isaiah 55, 8 tells us that God's thoughts are not our thoughts, and His ways are not our ways. So in order to access the supernatural truths and revelation and mysteries of God. We go through Jesus Christ and we go through the Word of God. Let me read to you Colossians 2.3. In him all the treasures of divine wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. So we have access to understanding the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We have power, love, and a sound mind, it says in 2 Timothy 1.7. And as we spend time with the Lord, as we cultivate our relationship, as we read the Word of God, we begin to enter into a deeper and deeper connection with the Lord, where we can abide in His presence and begin to make decisions that align us with His purposes and his ways. What else does the word do for us? Well, it moves obstacles. Micah 2.13 says the breaker, the Messiah, will go up before them. They will break through, pass in through the gate, and go out through it. And their king will pass on before them, the Lord at their head. So Jesus is the word, Jesus is the breaker, and he moves obstacles for us. We see this concept again in the first chapter of Jeremiah. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, Jeremiah. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. I have this day appointed you to the oversight of the nations and of the kingdoms to root out and pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. So as we decree God's word, he uses his word as a supernatural tool to tear down, bulldoze obstacles, and then to plant good things. So we're not talking about conflicts with people. We're talking about supernatural tools to move forward for ourselves, for our families, our relationships, our finances, our health, that Jesus is the breaker and Jesus is the word. And the person of Jesus and the word of God allow us to move forward 
past things that have been in our way. Jeremiah 23, 29 says, Is not my word like fire that consumes all that cannot endure the test, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks in pieces the rock of the most stubborn resistance. So again, we can rely on the word of God, our relationship with Jesus, our use of the word of God, depositing God's word into our hearts and minds and living out of our spirits because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So the word of God moves obstacles. Also, the word of God exposes motives. In Hebrews 4.12, we're told that the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, able to expose the thoughts and intentions of the heart, discerning between spirit and soul. So God's word helps us understand our motives. He uses that to help us get in line with his way of thinking, thinking that leads to life, to light, to a path that's good, as opposed to being motivated by unhealthy or things that are out of balance, that the more that we're in line with him, the more that we walk on the path of life. Psalm 51.6 tells us that God desires that we would know truth in our innermost being. And we all have distortions. So in order to know truth in our innermost being, in order to walk in the light, we have to allow him to search our hearts and to, again, lean into his word and obey what we know so that we can move from glory to glory and strength to strength. There's a similar thought in Psalm 139, 23, and 24, where we can give the Holy Spirit permission to expose the motives of our hearts. Now, I don't really encourage excessive self-examination, and that might sound odd to you since I'm a psychologist, but there are personality styles where people excessively question their motives. And that isn't God, and that isn't what the Bible is teaching us. We're taught to take in the word of God, to spend time with Jesus and get to know him, and then allow his spirit to direct us. If we know we've done something wrong, which we're all going to do, we can confess it, we can be cleansed, but we're not supposed to have an excessive focus on am I doing everything right. That's really more perfectionism, and it's more of a legalistic approach to faith. I've written a lot about it in my book on correcting distortions. I've talked about it in other podcasts. But the Word of God helps us understand ourselves, exposes the things we need to yield to the Lord, and then the Word cleanses us. Ephesians 5.26 tells us that Jesus washes us with the pure water of His Word. I'm paraphrasing. And 1 John 1.9 tells us if we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the word of God is Jesus. He goes before us. He moves obstacles. Jesus is the truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life in John 14. So as we continue to build our relationship with the Lord, the word of God, as we deposit the word of God into our hearts and minds, and rather than be defined by our pain or by our experiences, by our culture, or by improper teaching that we might have picked up somewhere, we will be conformed to the image of Christ, being our best selves. We're not robots, but that our personalities are, we're lit up with his light 
and able to walk in joy and in truth and stay out of some of the ditches that life seems to present. So as a psychologist, I have a lot of interest in transformation, the spiritual power we have in Jesus Christ for transformation. Most of us want transformation in some department. And so this next section of scriptures and concepts about Jesus as the word and how Jesus can help us correct distortions and live in the truth. And it's the truth that sets us free, it says in in John chapter 8. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So there's lots of ways that we need freedom. We need freedom from habits, from addictions, from old ways of thinking, from trauma and different experiences we've had. In John 17, 17, it says, Your word is truth, so make them holy by the truth and holy. Holy doesn't mean perfect. It means that we are made really sanctified, that the contaminants of our experiences and our own sin and the sins committed against us, that we're washed clean of those things. Psalm 19 verses 7 through 12. I'm going to read to you this time from the Passion Translation because I really like the way that this is expressed. God's word is perfect in every way how it revives our souls. His law leads us to truth, and his ways change the simple into wise. His teachings make us joyful and radiate his light. His precepts are so pure. His commands, how they challenge us to keep close to his heart. The revelation light of his word makes my spirit shine radiant. Every one of the Lord's commands is right. Following them brings cheer. Nothing he says ever needs to be changed. The rarest treasures of life are found in his truth. That's why I prize God's word like others prize the finest gold. Nothing brings the soul such sweetness as seeking his living words. For they warn us, his servants, and keep us from following the wicked way, giving a lifetime guarantee, great success, to every obedient soul. So we see again the power of God's word, the presence of Jesus in our hearts, the studying, the meditating on the words from scripture and how those words transform us, expose sin so that we can release it, so that we can be joyful, so that we can be free and whole. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, we're told that we become new creations in Jesus Christ, that we have a new nature. And then in Romans 12.2, we're told to renew our minds, that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. So again, this idea that we need to be transformed. We need God's light. We need his truth. We need Jesus in order to be aligned with him in a healthy way, to find balance, to find stability. Let me read to you Psalm 1 from the Passion Translation. Again, looking at following the written word of God and following the living word of God, Jesus Christ. What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways? He won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am. That's another name of God. Meditating day and night in the true revelation of light. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree, planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of his life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. 
So we see the word of God that as we nourish ourselves with it, as we meditate on it, as we abide and obey and follow, it will make us different from the culture around us. We will be defined differently than the trends in the culture. And we won't be conformed. We won't fit into the world. We can be in the world without being of it. And Joshua 1.8 also talks about meditating on God's word so that we can have success. So success isn't necessarily financial. Success is more living a life that we can look back on and say, I'm pleased with how I lived. I've been faithful to the things that matter. I've lived according to God's priorities. So how do I apply the truth that Jesus is the word and getting the word of God into my life? My first three podcasts looked a lot at those things, and I'm just going to briefly touch on them. Have a time in the word of God each day. Spend time in God's presence. Be still and know that I am God, it says in Psalm 46.10. Rehearse the word of God. Meditate on it. Declare his promises. Declare his names. I did the bonus podcast called Covenant Prayer to declare the names of God in order to stand on the truth of who he is and what his words tell us. And then obey what you know. And Psalm 1 tells us that that's how we will have joy. You can also find videos on YouTube of how to read the Bible and understand it on my channel. Does prayer work? Celebrating Jesus? Winning your battle? Prayer to Know Truth, and Transformation Through Worship. You can find my books on Amazon. I have a Bible study book. I have a couple of devotional books. And I have a workbook called Life Without Baggage. Same name as the podcast. So in closing, I'm going to pray Psalm 1 over us as a blessing. Thank you, Lord, that you reveal your will to us. That you give us delight as we follow you that you allow us to find the path of life separate from those who mock you, separate from the culture that doesn't follow you. And you show your pleasure to me. You show your favor to me, that I begin to know you and understand you as I meditate on your word day and night, that you give me light and revelation for my life. And you allow me to stand firm. You allow me to flourish. You plant me according to your design and that I'm deeply rooted in your joy, in your peace, in your love, and my life is fruitful. I go from glory to glory and strength to strength, and even in seasons that appear like drought, you renew my strength. So I thank you, Lord, that you are resetting my mind as I read your word, that you are healing and restoring me as I spend time in your presence, and that you are helping me to expect good things from you and to navigate the difficult paths of life. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the word, that you died for me so that I have access to the Father and so that I can know your joy and that I have your companionship for every step of my life. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. This is Dr. Tony Cooper, and this is Life Without Baggage. Thanks for listening. And if this helped you, share it with a friend. Mm-hmm.